like that your your dream is just being ripped like mm -hmm. out of your chest. For those who know your story, probably know more of your highlights than the dark days. At that moment thinking, you know, God, why me? My doctors tell me I had a 25% chance of ever coming back and playing again. There's um, a fire in your eye when you talk about that because I think you actually like the challenge. The level of success that you never would have been able to accomplish. That had nothing to do with an injury. Like an injury or whatever. That was, you are not good enough. Welcome to the show, Drew. Jeff, great to be here, man. Thanks for having me on. Yes, thank you. It's been uh, it's been a journey the last couple of years together, so I'm excited to get to sit yeah. down with you and you know talk a little bit about your past and what makes Drew Brees successful outside of just football, which obviously you had such an illustrious career. But I really am more interested in the post football, Drew. Yeah, because you know I think I think as you look at your career, number one, what you did on the football field is obviously speaks for itself. So congratulations. Thank you. Um, but what you're doing now, I think, speaks more to who you are and what you stand for as a human, as a father, as a, as a husband, and as a, a member of the community, and how you've translated success off the field. And I think that that's something that is not always easy for people to do when you spend your whole life focusing on just one thing mm -hmm. and putting all of yourself into it and then having that start over moment. Yeah. So that's kind of my hope today is to dive into a little bit about that and spend some time chatting about it. Sounds good. Right here in Unevolved Studios, by the way, this is, this is really impressive. I was uh, uh, just, I, I'm, I might need to come back and shoot a music video or something like that in here. Bring the boys in here. Like we could have some fun in this studio. Yeah, it's, it's cool. Uh, it's here this at our really headquarters, cool. which is, it's fun. It brings, it. It, it brings us all together here yeah. at, at Everbull HQ. I dig it. I dig it. So take me, if you don't mind, the first question I really want to ask you is that when you knew your career was coming to an end, and you had to kind of vision the Drew Brees 2.0 professional, not, not the husband, the father, uh, the member of the community, but just what you were going to sink your teeth into. Was it a natural walk into business? Yeah, it was. I, I, I feel like I've always had a, a bit of that entrepreneurial mindset. Um, I mean, I can remember as a kid um, walking around and knocking on all my neighbor's doors with my lawnmower and basically saying, uh, like, I don't care how big your yard is, five bucks. Like, I'll cut the grass, I'll bag it up, I'll get I'll get it down to the curb and say you won't have to worry about a thing, right? So that, that's dangerous in uh, Texas because there's some big <laughs> properties big, down there, some big yards, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but no, that was that was my you know that was my my little side hustle as a as a kid, um, you know, going to the local uh, golf course, um, uh, and at my brother Reed and I would would go to the creek and we'd basically fish out, uh, you know the this is back when orange, yellow, pink golf balls were, were pretty popular. They're kind of making a comeback, I guess. But uh, we would fish those out. We'd you know, polish them up, and we'd go and sell the golf balls back to the golfers to make some extra cash so we could go buy baseball cards, right? Uh -huh. So I feel like I've always had a little bit of this, uh, this entrepreneurial mindset. Um, and I, I knew that I wanted to go study business in school, so I was able to go to Purdue University um, and, and graduate from the Craner School of Management. And even though I, I had the opportunity to play in the NFL, which was, I mean, a dream come true. Um, obviously, as a kid who loves sports and hoped that I'd get that opportunity, I always felt like and really chose Purdue because I wanted that degree. I wanted that network. And at some point, I am going to use this business degree, uh, you know, within the business world. Um, and even as I was playing, look, I, I was able to play professional football for 20 years. Um, never in my wildest dreams that I mm -hmm. ever think that that would, would, would be possible or happen. But I think along the way, I was always trying to prepare myself for life after football, um, for what I would be transitioning into. 
And, you know, franchising became one of those things that back in 2011, um, about midway through my career, um, I kind of fell into more so just out of like pure authenticity and maybe a little bit of selfishness too, which was that uh, I was uh, at Purdue, Uni Purdue University, I became obsessed with Jimmy John's sandwiches. Mm -hmm. uh, I would have them delivered to my dorm, Wiley Hall, uh, three times a week. What was the sandwich? It was the number nine, uh, no cheese, add hot, add hot peppers, uh, the, which is the Italian nightclub, by the way. Um, <laughs> but like three in the morning, you're sitting there studying late or whatever. God, I'm starving. You know, you'd call up Jimmy John's and next thing you know, you'd have this guy riding his bike to you, handing you a Jimmy John's sandwich like 12 minutes later. And you're like, this is the most amazing thing ever, mm -hmm. right? Um, plus it was delicious. Well, then I get drafted by the San Diego Chargers. I come out here, no Jimmy John's. I get go to the New Orleans Saints five years later, no Jimmy John's. The only time I get Jimmy John's was going back to Purdue. So finally, 2011, midway through my career, I'm back at Purdue. I'm sitting there taking a bite of a number nine. And I'm like, that's it. I have to bring this to wherever I am, right? I don't care what I got to do. Well, it just happened to be that I, uh, I went to, I played football with a guy who was now VP of operations for Jimmy John's Corporate. So I called him up, I said, Carl, what do I need to do to bring Jimmy John's down to New Orleans? He said, we just opened up the territory. Are you serious? I said, yes. <laughs> So that started so, the process. So next thing I know, I'm a Jimmy John's franchisee down in New Orleans. And, you know, we grew that to about 25 units throughout the Southeast. And, and But that really got my brain working mm -hmm. on the franchise side of things. I was a franchisee there. Uh, and then I think over time evolved to being on the franchisor side. Yep. Um, but understanding the, the needs and the desires of the franchisee and how they deserve to be supported and um, I think that that's really gone a long way with how I've, you know, been able to transition to franchise or side, how I view being on that side, and then how I choose the brands that I want to be uh, involved with, which at the end of the day, it's all about authenticity. I start off as a customer before I ever think about, you know, being on the other side of this, right? Same with Everbull, right? <laughs> Here I am going to Everbull just about every day. During COVID, I'm ordering it to my house. I'm ordering later bowls to my house every day. I will tell you the best things was the text you used to send me of your kids <laughs> eating a later bowl in the morning and saying, I'm getting better, showing me your bowlology skills. Right. That's and this right. is what? The, we hadn't even franchised yet. Uh, this, yeah, this is 2020, yeah. right? Yeah. March, April, 2020, yeah. um, eating, eating acai bowls every day for, uh, for breakfast. You got pretty good at them. Yeah. You know what? I mean, I like my technique, you uh -huh, know, I got, yeah. I, I was getting creative too, whatever I could find uh -huh. in the pantry to, you know, <laughs> I, I had the, you know, almond butter, peanut butter, you name it. Right. I was, I was throwing everything in there. Um, so, so I, I, at the end of the day, I've always, I've always had the entrepreneurial spirit. I love franchising. Uh, I love I love what it does, the opportunity it provides for franchisees mm -hmm. uh, to control their own financial future, to take a proven model um, and to be able to go out and execute that and then have the support. Um, and I think uh, the leadership and the branding and the culture creation that comes, you know, as a result of the brand. Um, I only want to align myself with brands that, at number one, authenticity, number two, great leadership, great culture, and number three, unit economics, right? That has to work. Yep. Uh, in order for the franchisees to be successful and of course for you to be successful as a brand but it's all about how how you can pass on that support how you can pass on the economies of scale how you can pass on all those things to the franchisees so they can be successful so when you speak about authenticity and i think that that's so important not only with the franchise concept but just with who you are because obviously you don't just own jimmy john's and everbulls you have now you have a, you have a portfolio <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah and is it just, obviously you're a customer first, 
Obviously, leadership's important. Unit, unit level economics are important. But how much do you believe in the authenticity of the community of franchisees? Meaning, when you have that collective group of owners and you have these people taking control of their financial freedom, do you enjoy or do you think it's important that they lean on each other? Absolutely. Um, the, there's so much, first off, everyone, everyone is going to have their own experiences, right? And it's that's those experiences that give you knowledge and then therefore wisdom, right? Especially those that have been in the industry for a long time. Um, at the end of the day, that's, that's the knowledge, that's the, 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 the knowledge and the wisdom that you want, especially if you're somebody who's just getting into the business to help you maybe avoid some of the pitfalls, right? Um, at the end of the day, like we're all going to experience some of them, right? And unfortunately, failure is the best teacher, <laughs> right? Uh, and but but that that is how you refine, that is how you um, you know continue to improve. Um, that's how you maintain a growth mindset, right? Mm -hmm. That you're always looking to get a little bit better. You're at, part of you getting better is to be able to teach, to be able to mentor. Um, and then also to be able to receive that in return. And uh, I think the franchise community itself, whether you're a, a different brand or whether you're a competing brand, it, there's so much that can be learned within the franchise community from each other. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. And, you know, full disclosure, obviously, Drew, you, you are a franchisee of Everbowl and an yes. investor of Everbowl. So um, thank you, obviously. Yeah, but yeah. you've now... Just topped up with more stores. Um, your group now has 150 Everbowl locations coming all throughout the Midwest and South. I think it's going to be about 160, actually. Is it going to be one, <laughs> 160? <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, we can keep that going up, too. <laughs> yeah. we, yeah. well, we, well, we can talk about it. But uh, <laughs> um, in addition to the restaurants and in, in addition to franchising, you mentioned that you know failure is the best teacher. And for those who know your story, probably know more of your highlights than the dark days, because like all, like everybody, we, we, we don't always advertise what those are. Um, do you mind taking me back to the first major, we'll call it, you say failure, I'll say lesson mm -hmm. uh, in your life yeah, that yeah. you thought might not, not, maybe not break you, but it tested you. It was the one that made you go, okay, you know what? I got to figure this out. Like this was a serious setback. Yeah. I, you know, so, so many of mine uh, early on came within the realm of sports, you know, within the realm of, of football, um, you know, because that's where, that's obviously where my focus was. And I think that's where, I mean, that's why I'm such a believer in, in team sports and just sports in general, because I think it teaches you so many life lessons. Um, I was, uh, you know, I was a high school football player in the state of Texas, went to a, a pretty a perennial powerhouse school called Westlake High School in, in Austin. And, um, you know, year in and year out, we were competing for you know, state championships. We were going deep into the playoffs. And um, somehow, some way, I, I became the starting quarterback uh, for, this, for this school. And, and I was a three-sport athlete. I was playing football, basketball, baseball. And really, if you would ask me what order those were in, it was probably baseball, basketball, football. You know, football was maybe third. But uh, I kind of had a family, you know, lineage of playing football. And uh, I lived in the state of Texas. <laughs> so Friday Night of, Lights. It's kind of a requirement. <laughs> Um, so, uh, here I am my junior year and starting quarterback for the, for the team, for the football team, probably the best team we've had there maybe ever in the history of our school. So we are on our way to going to win a state championship and uh, third round of the playoffs. I end up, uh, coming off of a bootleg pass and I get hit. I didn't see it coming and I come down and kind of unstable on my left knee and, and just 
feel this, you know, this hard separation and go to the ground and, and realize very quickly that, that something is seriously wrong and go to the sideline and have the orthopedic surgeon look at me and say, hey, you just tore your ACL and probably a lot of other things. I ended up tearing my MCL, my lateral meniscus as well. And so, you know, bad knee injury. Uh, and this is 27 years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, e- even nowadays, like look at, you know, Odell Beckham, Odell Beckham Jr. tore his ACL um, uh, in the Super Bowl, you know, and that was more than a year ago now, right? He chose not to sign anywhere last year. I don't know if that was a result of knee, but bottom line is like that takes a long time. And 27 years ago, yeah. it it was a much, even, you know, tougher surgery I mean, and, and today, recovery. Today, it's the best it's yeah. ever been. Yeah, today, today you're still, still you're still six to eight months, eight months, you know, and, and then it was probably eight to 12 months. So um, for me to have somebody look at me and basically say like, okay, you hurt your knee, um, not sure if, how it's going to respond or recover. Not only did that end my football season, but I miss now basketball season and I miss baseball season. This is my junior year. This is when you get recruited, right? Mm-hmm. So my dream as a kid was to go and be a college athlete and to be a multi-sport athlete. And um, as trivial as that might sound, I mean, as a kid, like you're, I mean, you're like everything revolves around that, right? It's I mean, not that, trivial. That was, it's your dream. That was your identity, right? Yes. You know, um, it's no different than any other dream, right? So. Um, I remember at that moment thinking, you know, like, God, why me? Why now? Like, why, you know, could this happen? And um, it kind of sent me on this journey. I, I was I was like 5'11", 170 pounds at that time. And I remember just kind of looking at this rehab process like, all right, well, regardless, like I am just going to take this one day at a time and I'm going to work as hard as I possibly can. And I'm going to do whatever those doctors tell me. And I'm going to set short-term goals for myself. And um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to think, I can't think eight to 12 months from now. Right. Cause that's just, that's overwhelming. Right. But like, what are the short-term goals, you know, that I can sit here and accomplish and, you know, Hey, Hey, Hey doc, when, what range of motion, you know, when am I going to get full range of motion? Well, it's not for, you know, nine weeks. Okay. Well, Hey, six weeks, I'm going to beat that. Like, so whatever benchmark you put in front of me, like, I'm just going to focus on beating that. Right. And so I think it just gives you these short-term goals. And before you know it, you know, four or five months have passed and you've made extreme progress mm-hmm. and you're like, okay, like I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. So in it's that a lot of maturity at that age, yeah, it, to have that focus of, okay, short-term goals. Cause a lot of people would probably you know, at that age, not be able to identify how to attack that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say this, and I, I, I learned this from, from that. I also learned this when I, I hurt my shoulder here with the San Diego chargers. Um, and I mean, that cost you thought your, that I might not play football again. It right? cost you your job at San, in San Diego. No, it did. Absolutely. I and mean, I was and, a Charger fan at the time. Yeah. <laughs> and didn't have many, I didn't have many people knocking on my door after that too. It was really two teams it was Miami Dolphins and, and New Orleans Saints. But I had doctors tell me I had a 25% chance of ever coming back and playing again. And, um, I, I, I find that you, you, you go to another place mentally, psychologically, spiritually, when you feel like something is totally being taken away from you. Like that your, your dream is just being ripped like mm-hmm. out of your chest, right? That, that you, and, and that's really the way I felt, w- w- especially with this right shoulder injury leaving San Diego. And to a certain extent, you know, as a high school kid with the, the knee injury, um, was that you are not going to be allowed to do this anymore, right? I mean, that's, and, and so then for you to really have to like chart this course to like fight back, you know, one step at a time, one rep at a time, to get back to where, no, like I am not accepting that mm-hmm. as the final answer, you know? 
There's um, a fire in your eye when you talk about that because I think you actually like the challenge. You yeah. don't like the, the situation, but the challenge. Here's what's amazing. What's amazing is that at the moment that these things are happening, everybody can point to these things in their life. You say to yourself, God, this is the worst thing that ever could happen, right? Like, why? You know, and, and you allow yourself a little pity party for a little while, right? Um, which that's okay. But at some point, you got to flip the switch. You got to chart the course, right? You got to trust the process. And you got to, you just got to go, you just got to go at it with everything you got. Mm -hmm. And then it's amazing when you get past all that, right? All the blood, sweat, tears. And then you're back and you look back and you say to yourself, that's ah, probably the best thing ever happened, mm -hmm. right? Or else I would not have gained that strength or that belief system or that faith or realized that or recognized that or appreciated that, developed that gratitude, mm -hmm. whatever it might be. I think these attributes, these traits are developed as a result. And you then have the opportunity to accomplish the level of success that you never would have been able to accomplish had you not gone through what you went through. Hey, fitness fans, ready to crush your fitness goals? Make your move to EOS Fitness, where becoming a member starts at just $9.99 a month. Gyms are open 24-7 and packed with the latest gym equipment to keep your workouts fresh. What are you waiting for? Give them a call, drop by, or hit up jefffenster.com forward slash EOS to join. EOS Fitness, better gym, better price. Now, let's get after those goals. Hey, everybody. Looking for great insights? Entrepreneur.com's podcast network is the place for you. Check out podcasts like Problem Solvers and Smart Passive Income for smart advice. Hear true stories on how success happens, financial updates on dirty money, deep dives with Behind the Review, and food trends on restaurant influencers. And don't miss my new show. It's all at entrepreneur.com forward slash listen. Let's start our success journey today. And so it is necessary. Mm -hmm. it's, a, you, it's a necessary you should, part. Yeah, now, okay, now you flip the mindset. Like adversity, thank you. Like, yes, I, 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 want, I want it. Mm -hmm. right? Like I will embrace it. Like, you know, you, you hear, you hear uh, you know, these uh, special force military guys saying like embrace the suck, right? Yeah. Yes, it's going to suck. It's going to be hard. It's designed to make you quit, right? But you got, at the end of the day, you have to embrace it. You got to love it, mm -hmm. right? You got to find you gotta the love You got to psychologically trick yourself and say, no, nah, I love this. You got to find the love in uh, it. I, right, exactly, right? And that's actually in, in I was told, you know, because as, as towards the end of my football career, I, I had a lot of, I would seek out guys to talk about, hey, when did you, you know, when did you know it was the end or, you know, what were the feelings? What were the emotions? How did you, how'd you go through that? And one of the things that was, was told to me, I thought this was very accurate was it's time to retire when you, when you no longer really like love the grind, you know? Yep. Um, Cause look, everybody loves game day, right? Everybody loves the feeling of running out of the tunnel. Everybody loves the feeling of throwing the game winning touchdown, like the time in the locker room, like all that stuff. But like, do you really love getting up early every day and your body really hurts <laughs> and you don't want to do what you got to go do in the weight room or on the practice field or whatever, or battle through that injury mm -hmm. or going to the training room or sit there and grind on film for hours and hours, right? And miss out on all this time with your family. And like, just like you, you, you have to find the love in that, right? Or the satisfaction in knowing that that is what's helping you earn Sunday, yep. right? Like we would, 
we talk about that a lot is, is why do you go through that process? Why do you go through that grind? You go through that grind to earn someday, right? To earn that feeling of satisfaction when you go out and you can execute something to perfection, right? Um, so that's, you gotta, you, you have to find the love in the grind, find yeah. the love in the adversity. I've always felt like adversity equals opportunity though. And you should, you should all, you should embrace it when it, when it happens. It's the best time to find opportunity because when everything is, when there's no adversity, there's right. no, there's nothing to differentiate. Right. Everyone's the same. So I have one last question about it result. It, I have one last question revolving around your football career, simply because I think that there's one moment in your career I want to talk about. We always talk about the worst days when like you're injured yourself and you think your dreams being pulled away because something catastrophic happened. Those ones, a lot of people experience, but one that I don't think we talk about enough is when our dream almost gets crushed when things aren't broken and maybe we're on the rise, but something else is happening. And so the year before you injured yourself in San Diego, mm -hmm. the Chargers decided to take a high draft pick on a quarterback. Mm -hmm. You were picked in the second round. A couple years later, they used their first round pick on another gentleman. Mm -hmm. And there's obviously a reason they did that. And it was not one that probably made you feel very good. Um, the writing might've been on the wall. Maybe you had thoughts of, are they replacing me? Cause why would you use such a high draft pick? And you weren't injured yet. And I want to ask you about this because in business and life, sometimes we're, things are going our way and then something else happens mm -hmm. and we didn't tear our shoulder. How did you feel the day? And I don't mean this negatively towards any individual, but just as a person, how did you feel that day when the Chargers drafted Phillip Rivers and you're yeah. the quarterback and now you have this guy who maybe there's a controversy created that shouldn't have been or couldn't, didn't need to be like, how did you overcome that to put your focus on what needed to get done and still earn Sunday the next, that next week? Yeah. Well, look at, at the, at the time it was very frustrating because at the time I was, I was sitting here saying to myself, well, first off, I knew they were going to do it. I, I, I came in. So I, I, I came to the Chargers in 2001. I backed up Doug Flutie in 2001. 2002, I competed with Doug Flutie, and, and I won the job. So I, I started all the 02 season. 2003 was the year that, man, we were supposed to be, like we were an ascending team, right? Chargers were 1-15 in the year before we got there. Flutie had him 5-11. and 11. I had him 8-8. Eight and eight. So, like, here we are. We're trending up, right? Here we are. This is our year, 2003, when with all these expectations, man, we just we fell flat. And, look, I, I, was, I played bad. Um, I'd say a lot of people didn't really – you know, step up the level that we needed. And the worse that it got, the more pressure I put on myself. Yep. And I began to really press. And the more I pressed, the worse things got. You start to lose confidence. I get benched three times, right? I'd never been benched in my life. Yep. Right? I get benched three times. Man, like, man, my confidence was... The media was killing you. Man, media's killing me. I got players in the locker room saying that, you know, they, they'd rather have Doug Flutie starting. I mean, like, imagine all this dysfunction, right? Um. So man, that was that was one of the toughest things I've ever had to go through within my career because that had nothing to do with an injury, like an injury or whatever. That was you are not good enough, mm -hmm. right? And it's hard it's hard to hear that, but you have to kind of take the same approach, which is all right. Well, how do I rectify this, right? How do I how do I fix this? Do you remember what you did? Like I absolutely do. Well, go, well, going in so the '03 season ends, um, and and I remember. Look, man, I had had some knockout, drag out, screaming matches with Marty Schottenheimer um, during that year because he was the one who benched me three times. Mm -hmm. Now, at the time, hurt my ego. Later on, 
I look back and say, best thing ever happened to me, Yep. right? It's going to be a common theme here, mm -hmm. right? At the time, feel sorry for yourself, make excuses. Later on, you say, damn right, I needed that, right? Yep. Um, forced me to toughen up a little bit. Um, so I remember going into Marty's office, and Marty basically said, um, I think that you are good enough and you have it in you to be the starting quarterback for this team for a very long time, be the leader of this team. There are those in this organization that do not feel that way. And so I am telling you, they are going to go out and they are going to either sign a free agent quarterback or they are going to go draft somebody really high. And that 04 draft was a big quarterback draft, right? It was yep. Eli Manning, it was Philip Rivers, it was Ben, Roth, ben Roethlisberger. So this is going to happen. And so this is what you have to deal with. This is what you're up against. You kind of have this you know, split in this organization. There are those that believe, and then there's those that have written you off, right? So I knew that regardless, I'm going to have to compete. Now, would you really want it any other way? And, no. And, 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 and once you get to a certain level, like you are always having to compete. You're just, you're wired that way anyway, but at yeah, the end of the day- you manufacture who to compete well, with if well, it's not given to you. Well, you think about it like this too, is the moment- uh, uh, what what my, one of my college coaches used to tell me, as long as you are green, you will continue to grow. As soon as you are ripe, you will soon be rotten. In other words, you are always thinking about how you can improve. Your, your constant skill development, right? Like what more can I learn, right? Whether it's in the realm of exactly what I'm doing or just mm -hmm. something that might help me with something down the road that, you know, it's just another skill set, right? I just want to develop another skill set that can help, right? That you're, you're, you're always thinking that they're trying to replace you. Like you, you, you really have to have that mindset. If I just stay the same, right? It's either you're getting better, or you're getting worse. You're never staying the same. If I'm just complacent here, you know, and just thinking that I've arrived and that I'm okay. And that we're just cruising like that's, it's a bad place to be. You know, you always are thinking about like what's around the corner, right? Yep. What's coming next? How can we improve? Like, what do we need? Like, people are coming after us. When we when we would go and watch our film every year at, at the end of a, a year where we finished number one in offense with the New Orleans Saints, it was always like, everybody's stealing our stuff. Everybody's copying us. Every defense is watching us. Like, how are we evolving? How are we staying ahead of the curve? Mm -hmm. We always want to be the ones that they're like, dang, what are the Saints up to now, right? It's not like, hey, we're just happy sitting back where we were last year. So, look, I learned a lot of that from this moment, you know, where – Hey, I knew they were going to bring somebody in. I knew I had to improve. And so I just, I made the decision then that I am going to do everything I can to create every edge possible. I already had a pretty big chip on my shoulder. Yep. This would create a giant chip <laughs> on my shoulder. But I'm going to look at my sleep habits. I'm going to look at my diet. I'm going to look at my training. I'm going to look at my recovery. Like I'm going to look at everything. And I'm going to try to learn different skill sets, seek out mentors that can really help teach me you know, these things and create a path, create a process by which I can go out and prove to my teammates, right? Because I, I kind of had to re, re-win their, their trust and their confidence. Um, and for the next, you know, six to eight months that off season, it was one of these things where it's like, I can only worry about things I can control too, right? I can be as upset as I want that they're going to go and use the fourth pick of the draft to go draft a quarterback. Now I did come out. I think I, th I think I spouted off, and I was like, "They should have drafted an old line, <laughs> right? <laughs> or, or they should have drafted a." a well, you were a, a, a kid. I said they should have drafted a left tackle for me, <laughs> right? I'm the starting quarterback. Um, but at the end of the day, I knew that like if if I worked and I 
I mapped out the process and the plan, and then I went out and executed it. And I showed up day one, and I, I knew that day one I had to I had to do something that would let my teammates know that I believed that I was their guy, right? And what'd you do? So I came in. I came in the very first uh, meeting. I asked Marty. I said, "Can I get ten minutes with the team after you're done?" He said, "Sure." So he, he kind of gave his intro, and then he said, hey, uh, Drew wants to speak to you, and he left the room, and I passed out uh, goal sheets. It was, uh, I had top five goals for us as a team, top five goals for us as an offense, top five personal goals, and I put them in front of every guy. And I said, hey, guys, if we, I said, we're, we're going to accomplish great things this year. I said, but we, we, need to have, we need to create that path for ourselves, and then we need to hold ourselves accountable for this. So what I want all of us to do right now is I want us to put down our top five goals as a team, and then I want us to break out offense, defense. Offense, we're going to come up with our top five goals, defense, top five goals, and then look at those individual goals and set those individual goals that are going to help us accomplish those offensive goals, those team goals. And we, we went through it. And, and I'd, already, I'd already had a list of things that I felt like you know, should be our goals, but I want it to be a collaboration. Because if guys, if it comes out of their mouth, eh, then, then, then they got to own it. Right. Yep. And they have to become accountable to it. So it gave other guys the opportunity to maybe just verbalize things that I mean, they otherwise wouldn't have verbalized. And I, I didn't want to leave anything up for chance. I didn't want to leave anything up for assumption. Right. Like, hey, this is our team. Like, what are we trying to accomplish? Right. Goal number one. Right. Well, yeah, we're trying to win a Super Bowl. Okay. Well, in order to do that, what do we have to do? Okay. In order to do that, what do we have to do? In order to do that, what do we have to do? Right. So you just set these short term goals in order to achieve the big one. Um, but I, I, nobody had ever done that before. Um, I'd never done that before with with a team. You know, I'd always set my own goals, but uh, I felt like when all of a sudden guys came together and they had to put their heads together and then really put something on paper and then therefore commit to it and yep. be accountable to it, I think it it said a lot. Well, that was I mean that was a pivotal moment in your career and in business. I mean that that doesn't just translate to on a football field. Those kinds of situations happen in you know companies. Mm -hmm. I could have the greatest company in the world. Things are going my way, and then. To your point, everyone's watching. Someone builds a, a little bit better widget or better service, takes what I'm doing and ups it. Mm -hmm. Can happen to anyone. So I think that those moments when, yeah, when the catastrophe happens, you go bankrupt, the company fails. Those are the big lessons. But how you pick yourself up when you're actually still in the fight, but the odds are stacked against you mm -hmm. and you have to overcome and have that self-confidence, self-belief. And those are the, the moments that translate. And it's a good segue to your post-career. Being a quarterback, you were kind of the CEO of a football team. So I think you've honed those CEO skills, being the chief executive officer of, of the Chargers and the Saints and high school in Purdue. Then you go into the business world. And I'll say to you, having known you now for about five years, four or five years, um, my favorite thing when I talk to you is the, the level of detail you bring to the conversation from conversations we've had about whether it's Everbull or WeBuild, any, any business thing we've talked about. You bring a very specific view where you remember the small minor details, which I'm sure honed from the NFL, <laughs> but it's awesome as a leader myself because I find myself being challenged in our conversations in a positive way. And you force me to think much more detail oriented. So I, that's a prelude to how you bring, because you can't turn it off, right? You're, you're, you are you, right? So you see the world the way you see it and you're used to football. How you bring that same level of dedication, commitment, and passion to something that doesn't necessarily have the same stakes as the NFL. I mean, when you started with me and Everbolt, we were much smaller. Obviously, we're bigger now where things are exciting and growing. 
But when I had conversations with you, you were t- I could see the passion in your eye then. You were talking to me like we were talking about the Super Bowl, but this was an, an everborn. We were talking about something very small in the store, like how to change the menu. Mm-hmm. I mean, something very minute. How are you able to bring that level of detail from the NFL now into your business world into things that are less meaningful is not the right word, but uh, less magnitude, smaller magnitude. So uh, one of my mentors uh, has said to me many times, the way you do anything is the way you do everything. I love that line. So I've always, I've always taken that to heart with, with everything. And, and, and look, when you're wired a certain way, that is, that is just the way you do it. Right. I like, I still carry a spiral notebook (laughs) with me wherever I go. And I am an old traditional note taker, right? Mm -hmm. Like I'm a pencil and paper note taker. And I have this process of taking the notes because I was always taught that you are going to remember, right? 50% more of what you write down versus just what you hear. And then I will go back and study it. And then many cases I will take that and I will have a conversation with my wife where I actually <laughs> teach, right? Or we'll, we're sitting at the dinner table and strike up a conversation with the kids and then teach, you know, what I wrote down from that day, what I studied, what I researched, the conversation that I had, an enlightening moment, right? And there, there's this, uh, I think there's this formula that, you know, you remember 10% of what you hear, 50% of what you write down, 90% of what you teach, right? Yep. So this idea that, man, if I want something to be sticky, right? If I want it to be, then I've, this is the approach I have to take. And it's just, so going back from when I was a kid, taking notes to college to, you know, pros and even now in the business world, right? That's just, that's just a habit. It's a habit mm-hmm. um, that I feel like has been effective for me and it really helps me retain. Um but again, it's, it's also, it's also something that like really invigorates me. You know, it, uh, it helps me keep that attention to detail. And, and honestly, like I, when I think about every, every situation and, and I'll start, you know, with the realm of sports, but like in high school, like my high school had never won a state championship. Right. So we were embarking on doing something that had never been done before. And we did, we accomplished it. Right. I go to Purdue University and we were bottom of the barrel, right? Like last place in the Big Ten in football, uh, ranked dead last recruiting class. And we all looked at each other and said, by the time we leave here, we're going to be Big Ten champions. Guess what? By the time we left, we're Big Ten champions, right? You arrive you arrive in the NFL and it's like, well, okay, well, what's the pinnacle of this? Well, it's to go win a Super Bowl, right? And here's New Orleans, right? Post-Katrina, 90% mm-hmm. of the city underwater, right? Like, People have been displaced, complete devastation. The team's been displaced, right? All of a sudden you're coming back and you're having to rebuild and you're going to go and you're going to accomplish something that's never been done before, right? And you do it. So at the end of the day, like that's, that's what I set out to do. I want to be involved with great people. I want to be involved with great organizations and great brands that have the opportunity to be the best in class, to build a great reputation and to go do something that's never been done before. And that takes attention to detail. But it's also what brings a ton of excitement. Yep. Right? Is that every day is like, like, what are we going to learn today? Like, what journey are we embarking on today? What goal are we going to set or go tackle today? Right? And with that end in, in goal and envision mind, and it's not a matter of if, it's when. Yes. Hey there, it's your host, Jeff Fenster, and I have something very exciting to share with you today. You know, here on the Jeff Fenster Show, we're all about growth, both personally and professionally. Speaking of growth, have you ever heard of Everbull? 
As the proud founder of Everbowl, I can tell you firsthand that we're on a mission to help everyone unevolve, to live actively and eat stuff that's been around forever. Imagine stepping back into a world where everything you eat is fresh, nourishing, and packed with nutrients. At Everbowl, we've got you covered with our wide range of superfood bowls. But it's not just about the food. It's about a community of like-minded individuals who are determined to embrace a vibrant, fulfilling lifestyle. Join us on this journey as we redefine what it means to be healthy and active. So if you're ready to unevolve and be the best version of yourself, head over to everbowl.com and check out our menu. Yes, that's... I couldn't agree with that state, that last statement more <laughs> because that, that was the biggest pivot for me was when I stopped putting a timeline. My goals and my success has changed dramatically in my life when I stopped realizing I used to be, I need it by tomorrow. I need it by a month from now. If I'm not this by a month from now, I failed. When you take that time away, it changes from if to when. Because mm-hmm. you will win. It may take you 12 years to win that Super Bowl or 14 years to win that Super Bowl. But you keep doing the right things. Yeah, good things will happen. Good things will happen. So I think the, the last question I really wanted to ask you, and it's about business, is you obviously have, we, we know how you pick the brands you work with. We know that you'll be successful in whatever you do because you follow that proven model. But if you could see, if you could talk to yourself 10 years ago, 20 years ago, knowing what you know now, is there something that you would change? And I, I know not the, not the lessons or the failures, but is there something you would change with who you became as a, in the business world that if you can go back, you would say, hey, you know what? This is what I've learned over the last, we'll say two, three years that, that you realize, hey, maybe it was a little bit something you need to be humble about, something you needed to change as Drew, because opportunities get thrown at you. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're, you're obviously Drew Brees. You, you come with a level of, of track record and people want your brand. They want you. They want your brain. They want your relationships. So maybe, maybe there isn't something like a, a minute detail, but is there one thing that if you can go back 10 years, you would have changed that would have altered the whole, the whole business side of you now? Well, I, I, I'd, I'd say this, you know, I mean, I, I was, you know, so I'm 44 years old. I've been retired for two years. So, so look at my, if, if you look at those, those, those first 42 years, um, 28 of those were dedicated to being the best football player I could possibly be. Right. Like if you go four years of high school, four years of college, 20 years in the NFL. Right. So two thirds of my life was where my full time job was Hey, like each and every day I'm waking up and it's like, what am I doing to train? What am I doing to recover? What am I doing to help a teammate? What am I doing to get better myself? What am I doing? Right. And then obviously I've got my family and I've got, you know, some of the other business stuff I'm trying to build. But at the end of the day, like that was, I was trying to master being the very best quarterback that I could be. Right. So I, even though I learned so much from that, that can be applied to the business world, I still, you know, when I retired, I felt like, man, I'm behind, man, I got to catch up. I mean, really like there's that, there's that feeling. Um, had I not had a football career, right. And I was kind of starting from scratch, you know, fresh out of college or wherever. Right. And I'm sitting there like, man, I want to learn about business, right? Like I want to first off find mentors, Right? find mentors and just glean everything you can from them, right? The other thing is seek to experience every job that you could possibly have within the framework of a business, right? 
even the stuff that just totally sucks, right? Or that is just like, you know, you, what are these, these shows, you know, that you're watching that are like, uh, you know, like worst jobs ever, right? Like, like <laughs> dirty jobs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, like do, because even though that's not necessarily the job that you're planning to do for the rest of your life, it is a job that will teach you a skill set or a component within a department, right? Something that is going to be valuable for you when all added up, it's going to equal the position that you really mm-hmm. want, right? Or that title that you really want or that accomplishment or like that that building that brand or that company or whatever it is. So it's just, it's again, it's a bit of this growth mindset, but it's understanding that, yes, here's the end game, right? But then here are all the little pieces, all the little skill sets, all the little things. And again, I, I go back to this traits and attributes. Like, I, like I, want, I need to develop these traits, these attributes, these skill sets, right? And so how do I do that? Well, if I do this job for a while, that's going to help me gain that, right? And I need to, I, I need to, I need to be in, in accounting, right? Like I need, I need that background, right? I need, man, I need that marketing, right? I need, like, w- like just add them all up, and that's going to equate to the skill set of this person that I'm striving to be. Yep, Karate Kid. That's right. Just keep doing it. <laughs> well, Drew, thank you for coming on today, man. Thank you yep. for sharing what makes you successful because you've done it at the highest level and you're still doing it at the highest level. And now you are entering a different arena. I mean. Going from football to the business world, it's different. Uh, it's got its own set of challenges. And as you said, you that that feeling of I'm behind is mm-hmm. and that thirst is bringing it every day. And it's been a pleasure to work alongside you and have you as a part of our team and your mind helping us shape Everbull and WeBuild and all the things we're trying to do and all the other brands you're part of. And so I wanted to thank you because I think our audience is going to learn a lot about those attributes and traits from you and what they need to work on because, and I think we talked about it before, but the whole purpose of my show is success is formulaic. And it's not what we do. It's it's not the, oh, I'm a good football player. There's lots of good football players. There's probably better quarterbacks than you physically, have better arms, but there were things that they didn't do that you were doing, which separated you. And that's true in business. It's true in life. I know I'm going to be successful, whatever I call, whatever I strive to, to do, because I follow a certain success formula. You just defined yours in a lot of different uh, examples today. And so if you're listening, I just want to make sure that you guys are defining that that core values that you're going to live off of, that success formula, like Drew did with his football team. Define your goals, define that plan, start at the end, work backwards, know what you're going to do, win the day. You win enough days in a row, you win it all. So thank you, Drew, for coming on, man. This was fun. I like it. It was awesome. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you all for tuning in. I want to give a huge shout out to our amazing sponsor, Entrepreneur for partnering with us to help get this show to as many people as possible. Go check out our article on the episode at entrepreneur.com or by clicking the link in the show notes below. See you on the next one.